Welcome to Fly on the Wall. We are Tracy Gillette and Heather Maddox, and we met on Instagram. We both run successful real estate businesses in different markets in Washington State. Our mission is to bring real estate brokers together and have created a community called Collaboration Over Competition. Every other month, we host a traveling supper club where 10 brokers plus one lucky lender come together in conversation to level up our businesses and our industry over a fantastic meal. Supper Club is only three hours long, and the conversation is always cut short. This podcast is an opportunity for us to dive deeper with one of our dinner guests and for the rest of you to be a fly on the wall into the conversation. Hello, listeners. It's Tracy Gillette. This episode's a little bit different for a good reason. I did not invite Heather. And this is why Heather and I thought it would be fascinating for me to have a chance to chat with her longtime licensed assistant, Evan. It is worth noting that Heather started her career as a licensed assistant. So her perspective towards hiring and using assistants comes from that experience. But of course, that doesn't mean that she has it all figured out. Uh, So this my friends, is our opportunity to pick Evan's brain about how things work and how they don't work. So Evan, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're so welcome. You have come to Supper Club twice. You were at Port Townsend and then LaConnor? LaConnor, yeah. Yeah, LaConnor. So you've you've come to that twice, but you also, because you are working hand in hand with Heather, you get to see sort of some of the behind the scenes planning that goes into the collaboration over competition events and um, of course, all things Heather Maddox home. So you probably know a lot more than, than most do, but uh, first things first, why don't yep. you just tell us a little bit about you? I'm Evan Williams. I'm originally from Sacramento, California, so still adjusting to Pacific Northwest life. Um, I have been with Heather for almost five years, um, but I have two little boys, and so very busy life between working full-time and being a mom full-time, married to a wonderful husband, Jared, who works at Blue Origin. Um, Just a very busy, busy life. We try to get out as much as we can, but. Do you like busy? I do like busy. I I thrive when I'm busy. When I have nothing to do, it's, I don't know what to do with myself, so. Yeah, I think most really like high drive, successful realtors enjoy the busy and thrive in that environment for sure, so. Yes. You fit right in. In the right spot for it. That's for sure. Yeah. And did you move here five years ago when you started working with Heather or when did you move from Sacramento? We moved from Sacramento um, almost exactly. I think this is our anniversary actually of being here for five years. We've been in mm. our home. Um, I think October 3rd is our house anniversary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we came up a little bit ahead of time um, waiting for our house to close. We live in Maple Valley. Mm-hmm. Um and my husband got a job offer with Blue Origin. So that's what brought us up here. That's what brought you up here. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then how did you find Heather? If you moved up here about five years ago and you started working her, with her then too, how did that all happen? How'd you find Heather? 
So I found Heather through Christina Jarvis, another Windermere agent here in Renton. She was referred to us from Blue, Blue Origin, um, and she was our buyer's agent. And she was wonderful. And I needed a new career since I left mine in California. I used to work for the Department of Corrections with victim services. So I was basically a liaison between victims and the prison system. So this is an incredibly different career path, but I just happened to mention to Christina one day that I had heard about a transaction coordinator job and that that might be flexible since at the time my son, Sean was only six months old and I wanted to kind of ease myself back into the workforce and have some flexibility. And so she said, actually, this is a little serendipitous. I was looking for a transaction coordinator and I, there's another agent in the office, Heather, who also was looking into that. So she brought me in and they both interviewed me and got it. It was meant to be. Heather liked me and Christina liked me. Um, So that's how I met Heather. Got it. Okay. So you started with your role thinking it was going to be transaction coordination. Yes. And is that still what you do? Yes. A portion. A portion. Okay. So how has that role evolved over time and kind of when did things evolved? So they actually really, in that whole first year, um, I did just transaction coordinating for both of them, for Christina okay. and Heather. Um things really transitioned after COVID started. Um, Heather lost her, I wouldn't say lost, um, Heather's assistant at the time decided to take a leave and I stepped up and I was given that opportunity by Heather to take on more roles um, since work didn't stop. And so I said, absolutely, I would love the opportunity. And I had decided to get licensed by then anyway. So at that time I was licensed. Okay. Got it. So, um, yeah, COVID has kicked everything off. COVID made you have to improvise and start doing more to help. Yes. Yes. Okay. And, um, so how would you describe your current role? What are the things you're doing now? (laughs) My current role is. I wear many hats. I am Heather's assistant. I'm her transaction coordinator. I'm her buyer's agent. I'm her, um, if she, basically if she's not there or available for some reason, I am her, you know, I can step in with listing appointments, walkthroughs, I'm there for inspections, closings, whatever she needs me to do, I do. So I'm kind of the jack of all trades for Heather Maddox Homes, essentially. Yeah. So you're, you are and have learned pretty much every facet of the work that we do yes. um, in one form or another. So do you have aspirations of, of ever <laughs> being a full agent? I recently, I started to have those aspirations. I think because I've gotten more comfortable um, taking on a lot of those different roles. Mm-hmm. I've seen Heather in action many times because I go along with her to listing appointments and walkthroughs and 
I've heard many discussions between her and clients. So I kind of have a pretty good idea of what it would take. And mm -hmm. she has certainly ushered me forward more with clients, um, giving me more responsibilities with them directly. So I think that's where we're headed. I yeah. need to be a little bit more comfortable with listings. I'm certainly comfortable with buyers, mm -hmm. but listings are their kind of own beast. Yeah. So a little bit more involved, but more recently I have even taken the lead on a couple of those as well. So I do think in, I don't know if the near future is the answer, but in the future that it's certainly where we're headed. Cool. So. That's exciting. Okay. All <laughs> right. So having pretty much learned everything that we do, doing it for mm -hmm. like in a supporting role, what would you say are the things that are, are the most stressful parts of your job? Um, whether it be like the tasks or even just like being in a supporting role, like what is stressful about that? I will say the most stressful part is um, when we are very busy and I need to wear all those hats, that's when it becomes a little bit more stressful because I will be on the road a lot going to various listings, meeting buyers, but at the same time, I'm a transaction coordinator, so I need that to be on my computer. To get too, yeah. <laughs> so it has not been uncommon for me to be on the road for sometimes hours at a time. And I get a notice, hey, we need an addendum. We need this. We need that. So I have to pull over, whip out the laptop, get on there, get it done. So that can be the stressful part where I feel like I can get a little stretched thin with trying to be in all the places at all the times, mm -hmm. especially when our listings or our showings are really spread out geographically. Mm -hmm. I have certainly gone from Tacoma in the morning to Monroe in the afternoon. And so it just makes for long days and totally. then everything in between. Does it um, ever feel like you can say no? Like I can't, I can't do that. Um, I, in general, would not say no, but I will say in the past six months, I've felt a little bit more comfortable saying no, just because we have had so much business, which is a blessing. Yeah. Um, but there are just certain things I know I can't do and I need, I need to say no, and that we need to kind of pivot and find somebody else. Um, I've said no to some showings that I just felt we're not going to work for my schedule. I needed to prioritize being with my boys, getting them from school. You know, I'm still a mom at the end of the day and I need to make sure they're okay. Um, so I've, I've become a little bit more comfortable with saying, Hey, this just isn't going to work for this weekend or for this evening. Yeah. Let's figure, some, figure something else out. And what happens when you say no, who picks up the slack and what, what does that feel like? Sometimes it's, really just us having to pivot our schedules and just let the client know, no, this isn't going to work. We have lives too. Can we do this tomorrow? We sometimes are able to find another agent, but really we have been able to keep it between Heather and I, although we've, she's brought on additional help in the form of Brandy, which has been a godsend because wow. she's very reliable as well. So she can take on some of those tasks more, more recently for us. But in general, it still comes down to Heather and I, and we just find a way to make it work. It just has to be in a different 
time frame that maybe yeah our clients would prefer. But yep. And is Heather pretty supportive of you protecting your life and saying no when you need to? Yes, absolutely. Um, she has never said, uh, you know, that I need to get up there or yeah. go make it happen. She to told me, you know, yeah, she's a mom of three. She gets it. Yeah, got it. Okay. So do you ever butt heads with Heather? <laughs> I wouldn't say we butt heads, but she is certainly a force and... I respond well to that because I feel like I also am that way and I thrive off of that. There have certainly been times where I felt like, at least initially when I started working for her, the way in which she can be, I don't know if abrupt necessarily the Just right so word. So upfront. She's very yeah. upfront. This is what I want. This is what I expect. You didn't do that. And so I took that more personally in the beginning where I felt like I was just ruining everything, but I have since <laughs> come to understand it's not that serious. And really we all make mistakes and learn from it, do better next time. Mm -hmm. um, so I wouldn't say we butt heads so much as she'll let me know when I've messed up. And I usually have, you know, there's nothing for me to fight back on. Sure. Um, so really it's just us having an agreement that this is just the way we communicate and it, it actually is it works. a great way. It, it, cool. it works for us. So. Okay. Sounds good. Um, mm -hmm. So how has Heather kept you as long as she has? I think that um, a lot of brokers listening are probably thinking, wow, five years, that's a mm -hmm. long time to keep an assistant, especially mm -hmm. in a licensed role. Um, one of the hardest parts, I think, for us is, you know, an agent will hire a struggling agent or even just someone who isn't licensed yet, get them mm -hmm. licensed. And then they get a taste of, of the money and a taste mm -hmm. of the freedom. And they're like, I can do that. Yes. I'm going to do that myself. And so, um, the turnover is high. So how has she kept you for five years? Tell us this. She is just that great to work for. <laughs> it's really that simple. Um, I think the fact that she is so busy also helps. I I don't always feel the need to move on and go track down my own clients and you know make it work for myself because I feel like I have that ability within my role with her. I can still bring in clients of my own. I can still do the things that I want to do that maybe an independent agent would want to do, except I don't have all the liability, which is honestly pretty nice. Um, okay. So she and I have been able to kind of cultivate a system that works for us because it's so fluid. Um, yeah. It's not a defined role. These are the only things that I can do. I can only do X, Y, and Z. So whatever my aspirations are, she wants to support that. So I feel like it's just been a relationship where there's a lot of understanding, a lot of respect, and she's just fun to work for. I enjoy coming into the office. She's so knowledgeable. So I'm learning from the best. And so I don't necessarily want to leave that little nest that she's created. I just, it, I feel like I can reach a lot of my goals while still being, you know, quote unquote, an assistant for her. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I and it's just fun. She's 
provides a lot of great perks <laughs> by working for her. So I just have a lot of fun with it and yeah. I would like to keep doing it. Sure. One thing that she has shared with me, cause she, um, she has been sort of a mentor for me to grow my business <laughs> in the sense of adding in support and, um, trying to work less <laughs> yes. myself. So one thing um, that she has shared with me is that every year you actually revisit what your employment structure looks like. Yes. And so she'll, you guys sit down and she'll ask you kind of like, what are your goals? Heather has shared with me is um, that you actually sit down every year and sort of revisit your employment situation. So look at your contract and you get to reformulate how you're compensated. And um, sometimes it's been more uh, commission-based and sometimes it's been more hourly-based. And um, do you feel like that fluidness is one of the things that has helped you want to stay? Yes. So each year, and sometimes more than once during a year, we will revisit how things are going, just a little bit of a check-in. Certainly we, we talked that, about that usually in December, you know, going into, okay, for next year, here's what our goals are. Here's what things are gonna look like. Here's what do you want to change? Do you wanna be commissioned? Do you want a salary? Do you want, you know, so that's why it is so nice to work with her too because it's, it doesn't have to be the same thing each year. And this was the first year where I have been commission only, but even within that, more recently, that's also changed a bit too, where she wanted to move me into more of a client facing position yeah. and push, push me out there a little bit more, but then I would have to give up transaction coordinating, which I was fine with, but then we weren't able to find somebody to take on that role. So she said, okay, how about I pay you hourly for the transaction coordinating, but you still get commissions. So I said, mm -hmm. okay, great. That also works for me. So we're kind of back to a bit of a hybrid, um, but she has changed my percentage of the commissions it has gone up this year Got it. for my role in each transaction. Okay. That makes sense. So yeah. um, besides sort of revisiting your, the way you work together on a regular basis. Um, mm -hmm. What are some of the other ways that she shows you that she values you? What are the mm -hmm. things that she says or does, or like, how do you know that you're important to her? Um, just the way that she treats me in general, honestly, she's always saying that she appreciates what I'm doing. She knows it's a lot of hard work. Um, and then She's also just very generous in general. She's usually saying, hey, I'm gonna order Evergreen today. You know, she would like, she wants to buy us lunch. She just took us on, me and our marketing gal, Amy, on an amazing trip to Vegas to go see the outplay, and that was so much fun. Um, so she's always just trying to do, or say something to let us know that she appreciates us. And I just, I know that she does value my role in her team um, and really even her just giving me 
more opportunities to grow and more responsibilities lets me know that she trusts me because she certainly has built a huge business for herself right. that is her livelihood and I don't want to mess that up for her I'm a, you know I'm one of the faces of her business and I want to do right by her and her letting me work so closely with her clients just lets me know that she trusts me and has respect for me and so that feels I wouldn't be here I wouldn't be here if you know she didn't want me here so yeah okay very relationship that makes sense. So as your role has evolved this year to being even more client facing, you've already said that you're, you could be anywhere from Tacoma to Monroe in the same yeah. day. How often are you guys even in the same room? Um, we are usually in the same room a couple days a week at, the, at minimum, if we're in town, if we're both in town. Um, we try to be in the office every single day possible, but Sometimes that's just not possible. You know, she's going into four different directions for various reasons with clients, and I'm handling all the other clients going another direction. So sometimes mm -hmm. we're two passing ships. Yeah. But we still manage to see each other at least a few days a week in the office, even if it's for only an hour, sometimes yeah. for less than that. And we just do a quick catch up. You know, mm -hmm. okay, run down the list of here's our pendings. Here's our listings that are coming up. Here's our buyers. Here's what's coming down the pipeline at some point. Mm -hmm. Try and just do a general quick catch up. What does she need? What do I need? Do we have everything? Yeah. Where we want it to be. Okay. So um, if you're only sometimes in the office a couple days a week for maybe just a couple of hours, how mm -hmm. do you stay on the same page when you're not together so much? Like what tools or systems do you use to make sure that nothing's falling through the cracks? Sure. So we do have several programs. We use Trello a lot now, which I love. Um, but honestly, most of it is really just picking up the phone. So we just text each other all day long. Mm -hmm. Or if, if it really calls for it, she'll give me a call. But yeah. normally, <laughs> normally she'll just text me and I'll shoot her quick text, hey, lender confirmed appraisals order. Just quick little updates here and there throughout the day, keep us on the same page. If she needs me to go handle something real quick, she'll just shoot me a text and I'll let her know, hey, I've got it. We also have this little like reminder app that is linked on our phones. So we can update that in real time where she'll set a task, I'll go do it and then I can check it off and then it lets her know Evan did X, Y, and Z. Mm, so What's that called? called reminders remind I mean, it's just reminders on like on reminders. Phone. yeah yeah she's on that set it up and so it, it's i don't use reminders at all i should look into that yeah it's been super helpful actually because then i can see what is on what she will handle herself because sometimes i'm not sure if she wants me to do it or she's gonna do it so it's how do you flag who's doing what we'll just write it in there like heather Heather will handle yeah. ordering this or so, got it. Yeah. Okay. That's it's a cool. lot of people work every single day. Yeah. I, is there any other, um, like technology or tools that you feel like are critical for you guys to have this business that flows so well together besides Trello and 
Trello, email. Um, we do have a count. We have a big calendar with everybody's, all our transactions are on there with our, and we also have one specifically for our vacation schedules or if we have a doctor's appointment. So we can see where everything is at any given time. Mm. Through, I'm blanking on the calendar that we use. Oh, team up. Team up. Mm -hmm. Got it. So everybody gets their own calendar and we try not to like spread it out over too many various formats because I will lose track of that. (laughs) So we need to keep it a little bit more concise. That makes sense. Okay. This has been so much good information, but I want to close with you Mm -hmm. getting an opportunity to give some advice. If you were somebody, maybe you're a a broker who wants to be busier and wants to learn, or maybe you've just always thought that it'd be fun to be a real estate agent, or maybe you're unemployed and looking for a new career opportunity, Um, or maybe you're somehow involved in the real estate industry, but not an agent. Sure. What advice would you give to that person for um, being able to find a real estate broker to work with or um, like how to find one and how to set it up in a way that you feel like it could be successful and any other advice that you have? So I actually feel like most agents should be an assistant first to another agent. Agree. Just because the <laughs> job is so diverse and constantly changing and even though I've been around for five years, I feel like that's still not that long. And there's so much I still don't know. So it really has been beneficial to work for somebody that's been around longer and knows more. Yep. Um, Heather had that perspective started in the industry as a licensed assistant or as an assistant and then got licensed. And so she knew how valuable that was and had that um, experience in order to model her business. I didn't. Mm -hmm. And I think I would say probably it's a very small percentage of agents that have an opportunity to start as a licensed assistant. I've asked so many top producing agents, why don't you have an assistant? They've always shared with me that they don't have systems in place in order to give someone else something to do. They don't, you know, they just don't have it systemized to a point where they can be like, okay, here's this part of my job. You're going to handle this part of my job. So figuring out enough time to slow down to come up with that. And then just like, that's virtually impossible. And the other thing that stops people is fear. So, you know, the fear of, well, if I hire someone, then I'm losing part of my income. And what if shit hits the fan and I don't Mm have, I'm not making enough money to be able to keep them. Right. So that's what I know prevents agents from hiring help. Um, And Heather and I talk all the time about how important it is to delegate. You don't have to hire somebody even part-time or full-time First, there's so many other things um, you can outsource before you might be ready for that. Um, And here's just a little plug. Uh, Our event in Sencadia in October, our panel is actually going to be with three incredible top producing brokers that are pretty good at systematizing and outsourcing. Um, Some have buyer's agents, some don't, some have assistants, some don't. 
Um, and mm -hmm. so just like picking their brains on how did you start? Where are you now? What do you need next? You know, and like how to do mm -hmm. it. So that if, if you are listening to Evan right now and thinking, yeah, I would love to hire help, which will be the flip side of this question. Um, yes. that will be a really great space to get some inspiration to and some ideas, but okay. So any other, uh, advice for an, someone who wants to be in a supporting role, how would they find someone? What, how would they go about it? That's a great question. I feel like I just happened to get lucky actually. So I didn't really have to necessarily go seek it out other than mentioning it to my buyer's agent. And sometimes that's maybe that's just all you really need to do is if you know a realtor, and I feel like we all know a few that you can put it in their ear, like, I'm interested in getting in the field, but I don't want to be a full-time agent on my own. I just want to learn. And sometimes it's really just word of mouth from there. Somebody is usually seeking out some sort of help, even with the smaller tasks. And maybe that's just what you start out doing is doing the smaller things that totally. the agent just doesn't want to do so yeah. even if it's just going to put a flag in for the for sale sign you know that's a start you're learning something so it's really just letting people know this is something i'm interested in if you know of anybody i think that's maybe just the best way to go but i think i just really lucked out with christina and heather when i first started so. yeah that was definitely serendipity like totally <laughs> meant to be Absolutely. um i would agree that like um Oh, some realtors are very well networked with other realtors. So mm -hmm. like, if you know, most people know at least seven realtors. So reach out to those seven that you know, and, um, and say, yeah. do you know of anyone who is, um, who might be looking for help? Uh, but you could also literally just walk into a real estate office and say, right. I'm interested in this industry who are, you know, who might I talk to in this office that might want help right so yeah um I think that that's a good approach okay so on the flip side if mm -hmm. um if you're a broker and mm -hmm. you're wanting to hire help what uh what advice do you have for them as far as like sort of combating those reasons that I said that people don't ever hire help or aren't successful at it what advice do you have I would say to really be sure that you want the help first and foremost that you are the a type of person that can delegate can let go a little bit because it does involve a lot of trust, trust to have an assistant and like i said i don't take it lightly that this is heather's livelihood that she has worked so hard to build so i need to be on my game so that i don't mess that up for her so i think for agents that want to consider having an assistant, they really just need to find somebody that they do feel that they can trust to represent them mm -hmm. and be okay with letting go of certain tasks and maybe just decide what those tasks are that you feel comfortable letting go of. Yeah. And because it is hard to work for somebody where you're not quite sure what it is you're supposed to be helping with and it changes a lot. So you're, there's that confusion of, are you doing this or am I doing this? So. Yeah having those systems set up in place, however that may be, writing down a job description, mm -hmm. saying, okay, for these certain tasks, this is all you, 
but I don't want you doing this. Just being very clear and I think keeping open lines of communication at all times with whoever it is that you're hiring and that you have as your assistant is really the key. And just yeah. checking in as far as these are the expectations is paramount. But yep. I think more than anything, just be prepared to let go a little bit of your, not of your business, but just of the things that maybe you've spent years doing all on your own. And that can be scary to yeah. let go of the reins a little bit, but it, hopefully you've hired somebody that you trust will pick up that slack Yep. and totally free up your life a little bit. I think one of the things that Heather's always told me is that having me there as her assistant has allowed her to have a bit of her life back, to go to her kids' games, to go have a date night with her husband, to take a weekend off, to go on her trips, because I'm here, I've got it. If something happens or I have a question, I can reach out to her, unless she's at Ross Lake, which is always the scariest time of year for me. And <laughs> when she goes completely <laughs> offline. When she's completely off the grid. I know, but at the same time, it's going to be fine, because yeah. I know what I'm doing, and there's nothing for her to worry about, and we've built that relationship, and I would hope that more agents would feel comfortable having that that same semblance of balance. Yeah, totally. That completely makes sense. Uh, I do a lot of coaching and with other realtors, and people come to me all the time, and they're like, how do I even figure out where to start with this? I need help. I don't know what to tell them what to do. I don't, you know, I don't have any systems in place. And so one of the things that I always tell people to start with is literally keep a piece of paper with you for two weeks and write down every little thing you do, because right. we don't even know all the things we do. Sure. And then I have people break it up into three different lists. Well, it might actually be four. So I, this is something I enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. And then something I don't enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. And then you break those two things up into two more categories. And in the enjoy list, there's like, sit and think about it. Is this something I should be doing? At, at the level of work that I'm doing and the trusted professional that I'm doing or that I am being, right? Like, I mean, if you think of a, a knee surgeon, do you think they're laying out their scalpels? Nope. Right. You know, so the the tasks that are just should be prepared for you so that you can do your job, right? Um, right. So it's like, this is worth my time and this isn't. And then the same thing too, for the things that you don't like doing, there's going to be some things that don't bring you enjoyment that maybe you're not, e you don't even, well, if you don't think you're good at it, you should definitely hire someone else to do it. But um, there might yeah. be things that you don't think you're good at and you don't enjoy doing that, like, we just have to do. So breaking the list down into those four categories can be really valuable. And then you take the things that are don't enjoy and not good at and um, enjoy but shouldn't be doing, and you build right. systems around those. And that can be a really powerful exercise, so... And it doesn't always have to be the most crazy task. You no. know, when I was originally starting, a lot of it was she was running from appointment to appointment to appointment, and she would just come to the office for 
hot second in. I have all her listing packages ready to go. The tax records. Yes. Marketing examples and she yeah. just grab it and goes. So yeah. sometimes it's really that simple. Or I went and put a contractor box on a house, something that yeah. she doesn't need to go out of her way to do or putting a flag in. So it doesn't have to be like you're letting go of some of the more major parts of your job that you're just not quite ready to give up just yet. But the smaller tasks that do take up time, totally. I think is always a great place to start. Yep. Yeah. Such good advice. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Evan. This, I think people are going to get a lot out of this conversation. So thank you for uh, showing up in sort of a vulnerable space to um, maybe rat out your boss a little bit, but <laughs> she's, she's, she's a bulldog, but I love, I love working for her. Truly. That's why yep. I'm still here. So. I admire her relationship with you. Um, and I've always been like, how, how do you do it so well? So thank you for giving us a peek into that. And um, I hope you have that peaceful weekend that you're anticipating you might, or, or on the flip side, I hope that you're just going to be so busy because you think you're going to be yeah. slow. I know that, you know, you've got to embrace the busy times just to offset the slower times. Totally. Yep. yep. All right. Thank you, Evan. Thanks. I'm Heather Maddox. And I'm Tracy Gillette. And this has been a fly on the wall. You can always find us on Instagram at collaboration over competition RE for all the upcoming events, classes, podcasts, and more. Be sure to check out the show notes to follow our guests and any resources that were shared during today's episode. We will see you next time.